comes from the book of Psalms. We're in Psalm 23, obviously a very famous passage. Uh, I'll be reading the passage for us. So if you're able to, if you could please stand with me out of reverence for the word of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Please have a seat. And let me pray for us before we go into this path. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your amazing love and grace. We thank you for your many provisions. And we pray today that as we Think about this so famous psalm, Psalm 23, that you would again remind us of how good you are, that we will be reminded of the good shepherd in our lives. And Father, we pray that as we know more of you, that we would just be moved, we would be encouraged, we would be blessed, and that we would respond with trust in you and with praise of you, for you are good. We pray for this time, pray that this time will be a blessing to us, your people, and truly a worship to you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today we're, we're in Psalm 23, and this is obviously a very beloved and a very famous psalm. Uh, Jim Boyce, a famous pastor, once called this, I think, the most beloved of the 150 psalms of the Psalter, and possibly uh, the most loved um, and known chapter in the whole Bible. King Charles Spurgeon called it the pearl of the Psalms. And this is obviously a very well-known passage. And I think just about everybody knows, if not the whole Psalm, they know the first five words, right? The Lord is my shepherd. That's a very common, very famous uh, line. And, you know, you don't have to be a Christian. I, I, I think I've heard plenty of non-Christians uh, either recite or talk about Psalm 23. Uh, I think if you've been to a funeral, there's a very good chance any funeral that you've gone to, at some point in that funeral, uh, Psalm 23 may have been read or alluded to uh, when, you know, when pastors do visitations at hospitals and such, you often hear uh, Psalm 23. And it's an interesting psalm, right? Because it's a psalm that you, you, it's for any occasion. It could be during good times. And when you hear, you know, at a wedding, the Lord is my shepherd, it, it sounds great, I should not be in want. But when you're going through hard times and sickness and death and struggle, and you hear that the Lord is my shepherd and that I shall not want, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. When you hear those kind of words, again, it, it can be a comfort, it can be an encouragement, it can truly be a blessing. It is a famous psalm for a reason because it's, a psalm that people can relate to. It's a psalm that comforts, strengthens people in times of need often. And 
it's it's a psalm again just for about any occasion it's a psalm where god speaks to his people in a very loving powerful way and i wanted to share from this psalm today uh, i think because it's been on my heart uh, and also i think you know it's to be honest is that these are difficult times for a lot of people uh, very confusing times, uncertain times in many ways. And I think it is a psalm that reminds us that no matter what troubles we go through, what uncertainties we go through, no matter what life is like, whether it's good times or bad times, there is a constant, right? There is a consistency. There is a shepherd who is always with his sheep, a shepherd who is always loving, guiding, caring for his sheep, for his people. And uh, as, before we go into that, just a couple of things here about shepherding and sheep. I don't think we know a lot about being a shepherd. Uh, obviously, I'm not a shepherd. I don't know if any, I don't think anyone in this room has ever had the privilege of being a shepherd. Uh, and so it's not something that in our day is very common for most of us. However, in biblical times, obviously, it was, was a job that was much more common. And we know, obviously, David himself, the one who wrote the psalm, the David was at one point, he was a shepherd. It was common, it wasn't the most glorious job, it was kind of a lowly job. And even for David, the reason that he was shepherding is because he was the youngest, right, of all the brothers. And so he was having a job that probably the older ones didn't want. And so he knew a lot about being a shepherd, and the shepherd obviously took care of his sheep, protected the sheep, had a relationship of sorts with the sheep, he spent a lot of time with the sheep. But here's the other thing. To say the Lord is my shepherd implies that we are his sheep. And that might sound nice, right, if you're looking at a picture of like a cute little lamb, but it's not a compliment. If you think about it, right, it's almost like an insult to be called a sheep. Because if you know anything about sheep, we know that sheep were not very smart. We also know that sheep are not very strong or very fast. Actually, everything I've read says the sheep are kind of not the most smart, right? They can be ignorant, and they're weak, right? They don't have sharp teeth. They don't have claws. There's really nothing that they have that they could protect themselves. They're like perfect prey. So they're defenseless. They're weak. They're not smart. Uh, even in terms of feeding, they're not the best at getting their own food or knowing where to go. Uh, people say that if you left them alone, they probably would die. Right? They're not the kind of animals that you live in the wild and they can figure things out for themselves. And no, they're, 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 they're weak. They're, they're not smart. They're not strong. They're perfect prey. They wander off. And so sheep need to be defended. Sheep need to be taken care of. And really, sheep need a shepherd. And so we as Christians know that the Bible says, we are sheep who have gone astray. Isaiah talks about that. And we also know in John chapter 10, Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. And so what we also know is that Psalm 23 is pointing forward. It's pointing towards Christ, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the shepherd who loves his sheep. And so it's, it's good for us to see Psalm 23 and realize it's a picture of Christ who's shepherding us, his sheep, his people, who is loving us, caring for us. And so today what I wanted to do was I wanted to look at just a few aspects of what the psalmist is talking about, what David is talking about, of 
the shepherd, of the good shepherd, and to think about how God loves and cares for his people, right? How, how the Lord is with us and loving us, guiding us, and hopefully it is an encouragement to us today, and hopefully it will lead us to trust in him even more, to strengthen us, but also to really, truly worship him. And so I'll really, let me just break it up into five, and I know usually you have a three-point message. It's not going to be a long sermon, I don't think, but I just, I want to just break up into five parts here and say the shepherd knows his sheep, the shepherd provides for his sheep, the shepherd guides his sheep, the shepherd protects his sheep, and the shepherd is always with his sheep, right? Just five, five things there. Shepherd knows, provides, guides, protects, and is always with his sheep. And so first, the shepherd knows his sheep. Uh, you know, for this, I want to actually start with passage in, uh, in John, where Jesus talks about the good shepherd. John chapter 10, Jesus says, John chapter 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. And then Jesus says, I know my own, and my own know me. Right? Jesus says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Right? The shepherd knows his sheep. He knows every single one of his sheep. It's not just a knowing knowledge. Right? It's, it's a loving knowing. Right? He knows, he loves, and he cares for his sheep. And you see it in this psalm where you could tell that David is known by his shepherd, but also that he himself knows his shepherd. Right? It's a very personal psalm. And look how it starts. He says, the Lord, by the way, if you look at your Bible, the Lord there, it's capital L-O-R-D, which means it's the covenant name of God. It's what we would say, we would call Yahweh, right? So the Lord, my covenant Lord, is my shepherd. It's very personal, right? So we see that relationship. He is known by his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He doesn't even say our shepherd, right? He doesn't say it's everybody's shepherd. It's very personal. He says he's my shepherd. David is known by his shepherd. He is loved by his shepherd, and that's why he says, I shall not want. And so we see that my shepherd, right? The Lord is my shepherd, but also we see him as he just talks. If you look at the psalm, he starts in the third person. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He restores. He leads me past of righteousness. But then when you go to verse 4, he goes from the third person, and then he goes into the second person, right? He, he gets personal. After he's saying the Lord is, he, he, he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table. You anoint my head with oil. What, what's just happened? He went from third person to second person because he doesn't just know about the shepherd. It's not something he just read about something he heard about. No, he personally has experienced this love. It's personal. Why? Because he is known by his shepherd. He knows his shepherd. He is loved by his shepherd. And he himself loves the Lord. And so what we see here, it's a very personal psalm. And he can say that the Lord is my shepherd. Why? Because he is known by his shepherd. The shepherd knows his sheep, but also the shepherd is known by his sheep. 
I think it's a beautiful thing. It's not just about knowing about God. It's not just about reading about Him and doing a Bible study about Him. That's good. But that third person has to become second person, right? It has to then go into my relationship with Him. I need to know Him, and I want to be known by Him. And so the shepherd knows, and he loves his sheep. And so it's a beautiful thing just to start that I am known. By Christ, I am known by my shepherd. I am loved by him, but also the shepherd provides, cares for his sheep. Look at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. And then David says, I shall not want. Beautiful words, right? He said, I shall not want. Now, when I was younger, actually, I, I think I misread that. I thought, really, what he was saying was, if I want something, God is going to give it to me, right? So if I just pray hard enough, right, if I really desire something and I just really just pray earnestly, you know, and so I remember thinking as a kid, you know, if I pray for that pair of Nikes, right, I'll get it. Or, you know, when I was in elementary school, I remember really, really, really wanting a Nintendo entertainment system, right, because it was like the coolest thing to have. And I, 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 my parents refused to buy it for me. And I remember just thinking, if I just pray hard enough, I should not want, I can get what I want. But obviously we know that this is not what he is talking about, right? It's not saying God is going to give you whatever you want. He's saying that I will lack nothing. That's important, right? He's not saying, hey, God, if I want something, you're going to bless me with it. No, no, no. He's saying whatever I need, truly need, will be given to me. Not my greed, right, but what I need, what I truly need, I will lack nothing. And then he kind of expounds. If you look at verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leaves me beside still waters. Now, when I was a kid, again, I thought it was felt like a picnic, right? God's going to, like a nice serene, right? It's God taking me to a picnic kind of thing. But green pastures, what does that mean? It's food. Right? What do sheep eat? Grass. Right? You need to go to pastures. But you don't want to go to brown pasture. You don't want to go to, right, rotting pasture. You want to go to green, lush pasture. So what is he saying? He's saying that the Lord brings me to the best food, to the best pastures, so I can eat the best food. But also, he says, he leaves me beside still waters. That's important. Why? Because sheep can't drink out of fast-moving water. I don't know why. I don't, maybe they get scared. Maybe, I mean, I don't know really what it is. Or maybe the water goes up their, uh, their, their nose or something. I don't know what the reason is. But sheep need nice, still, gentle kind of water in order to drink it. And so, again, what is David saying? He's saying the Lord brings me to the best food, the green, lush pastures. But also, he brings me to sides, still waters so I can drink. So Jesus really is going to give me the best. He's going to provide for me. But also, if you look at verse 2, he says he makes me lie down in green pastures. So he's not just giving me food. He's giving me rest. He's giving me contentment. Right? He's with me physically, but also in an emotional, mental, spiritual sense, he is allowing me to rest. Right? Because sheep also, and we're reading that they can't lie down if they're hungry, they can't lie down if they're scared, right? If they can't lie down if they're uncomfortable, they need to be well-fed. They need to be, you know, not scared. They need to be feeling at peace in a sense 
to be able to lie down. And that is what the shepherd is providing. We even see it in verse 3, he restores my soul. And so what is the Lord doing? He is providing for me. You know, we see it in, even in the New Testament. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He is the bread of life. He says, he who comes to me will never thirst. And so we know that he has provided for me in my salvation, but also in my daily life. He continues to provide. But here's the thing. A lot of times, I think for us, part of our struggle is this. I feel like God is not providing for me in the way he should be. Right? I mean, if we're honest, that's true, right? There are days where maybe we read Psalm 23 or we hear a sermon or maybe we're listening to, you know, a song, right? You know, one of my favorite praise songs actually is uh, by Shane and Shane, right? Psalm 23. And, and, you know, I love listening to that song and it really, it's a blessing and helps me to really worship the Lord to think about Psalm 23, these words. But then life happens, struggles happen, things that I want. I don't get, right? Things I don't want keep coming at me, right? I might have health issues. I might have financial issues. I might have relationship issues, loved ones, you know, struggling in different ways. And so different things happen, and then I get frustrated. I get upset. I, I get even angry. I get sad, and I say, Lord, where are you? You say you are my shepherd. You take me to green pastures and still waters that you restore my soul. What are you doing and we struggle because these things that seem so obvious and good are not happening. And these things that seem so bad keep happening. Right? It might be because of this pandemic that we're in. It might be because of things in our families. It might be things in my own life or in my career or in my school and we, in my relationships. And we struggle. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that we do know, even in the midst of that struggle. We know that my shepherd is promising that I shall lack nothing. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to feel like I lack nothing, right? That doesn't mean I'm going to feel like everything's okay. We're not. There's going to be times it's going to be very difficult. However, it's, it's trust in that shepherd. It's kind of like a little kid to trust their parents. Right, you know, the little kid might say, Mommy, I don't want to eat this or I don't want to eat that. And, you know, why do I have to eat that broccoli, right? I want to eat chocolate. And there's a certain level of trust that you need to have that, you know, when mommy or daddy says, well, this is bad for you, but this is good for you, you kind of just have to, you don't get it, you don't understand it, but you trust. And here's the thing, my God is so amazing, our God is so great that I'm not going to understand. None of us are going to truly understand why he does what he does, but here's what we do know that the Lord is my shepherd, that I will lack nothing, that he will truly provide for me. And we know this. We know it in John chapter 10, Jesus says that he laid down his life for the sheep, right? The shepherd laid down his life for us. See, true shepherds might have had to risk their life, but if they're caring for the sheep, right? I, you know, I, somebody was, I remember once reading that higher hands sometimes, but they, they would just run away, right? If a big animal comes. I think so. I, I even heard from somebody once that, you know, that the rule was if there was like one big animal, right, one predator, you try to protect the sheep. But if there was two, right, and if you weren't the shepherd, if you're a higher hand, you might just run away, right? But a shepherd who really cares for the sheep might risk their own life for the sake of the sheep so that they don't die. However, here's what we know about Christ. He didn't risk his life. He literally laid down 
his life for his sheep because he loves his sheep. He loves his people. And so here's what we know. That Christ, the good shepherd, would even lay down his life for his people, for us. What would he withhold from us? Nothing. Whatever I need, whatever I truly need, the shepherd is promising that he will provide. We will lack nothing. So I hope, you know, first off, that we would know that we are known by the shepherd, but also that he will always care and provide for everything that we truly need. But also, the shepherd guides the sheep. If you look at verse 3, he continues, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He teaches us how to live. And if you follow him, you go into good things. If you don't follow him, go to the wrong shepherd, you get lost. And I think of actually the book of Exodus when I read this. You know, when you think of the pillar of smoke, the pillar of fire, right? After the Israelites are rescued, right, are delivered from the Egyptians, right? The slaves are brought out, and they're going towards the promised land, and they're in the desert. What does God do? He, he leads his people, right? well, obviously through Moses, but also he, he's the one that leads his people. And he, there's a pillar of smoke, a pillar of fire, and, just, and you see the people of God just following God wherever he leads. And I think that's the idea that we get here. He leads us into a simple, humble life following God for his name's sake, for his glory, for our satisfaction, for our, for our blessing. But here's the thing. How does he guide us? Through his word. Right? How does he guide us to live lives that give, bring him glory, to live lives of righteousness, to live lives that honor him, but also satisfy and bless us, he does it through his word. But the problem for us so often is we don't want to read his word. But we don't want to study his word. We don't really care often about the word of God. And, you know, it's such a privilege for us today. Like, I mean, not only do we have Bibles, like physical Bibles, but I'm, I'm going to guess most of us, if not all of us, Probably have a Bible app or of some type on our phones as well. So we literally have access to God's Word 24-7. Whether it's a physical Bible or whether it's in our phones, it's on our computers, right? We're literally carrying the Bible everywhere. I remember when I first started um, ministry, I actually had like a small little Bible, right? And I would just carry it everywhere because, you know, I didn't know when I would have to bust it out, right? And then, you know, you have a cell phone, so now it's like... <laughs> You don't need that little Bible. Right? You just have it with you all the time. But we don't want to read it. We don't want to study it. We don't want to memorize it. You know, I remember when I um, was in seminary, I was sometimes asked, you know, when I was at church, I would ask my youth group students when I was in seminary, how many of you read the Bible every day? And I realized this is not a question that I don't want to ask anymore. It was depressing, right, because just the amount of, reading was so little. I remember some of the, my honor students would say, oh, you know, I, I read the Bible every week on Sunday, right? I bring it with me, right? I bring my Bible with me because that's the one time that I have it. Here's the thing. I think for us, we have to remember, how does God guide me? 
through the word, right? He got me through the Holy Spirit and through his word. And so what we know is, is we need to read the word. We need to study the word. We want to memorize it. We want to own it. That's one of the blessings, you know, in my life. You know, when I was a kid, and I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid, and my dad, you know, one thing he made me do was read the Bible. He made me write the Bible. And, you know, made me memorize the Bible. And, you know, obviously as a child, you know, I was not happy about any of that. And, you know, I remember I church even this thing called Awana, and you memorize so much Bible. And as a kid, I didn't appreciate it. As I got older, I really appreciated it a lot. Because I would be going through things, and then these words would pop in my head. And it wasn't like some kind of, you know, divine, you know, some kind of super, it was just, it was there. I memorized it. And God would bring it back. You know, when I was talking to somebody, and they needed encouragement, whether it was for myself, all these Bible verses that I memorized so many times as a kid started coming back to me. And I was so appreciative. My parents forced me to memorize all those Bible verses. And it's just a mess. I have NIV, New King James, ESV, right? But it's there in some form. And we need to know his word. We need to study his word. We need to memorize his word. It's how he guides us. But also, we don't want to just read it. We want to follow it. We want to obey his word. Right? It's kind of like having a GPS. I don't know if this ever happened to you. I remember many, many times this happened to me where I'd be driving, I'd put my GPS on. Back in the day, it was like a Garmin. And obviously, it's on your phone. And, you know, you're driving, the GPS has to go this way. And you're like, no, you're wrong. I know better than you. And so you go a different way. And then, you know, generally what would happen to me at least is, you know, I would get lost or it would be a lot of traffic or there would be an accident. I'm like, oh, I should have listened to the GPS. And I remember seeing that so many times. So now I generally do try to actually follow it. But it's like, what's the point of having the GPS if I'm not going to follow the GPS? What's the point of knowing the word and studying it if I don't want to even Obey and follow how God is guiding me. And so I want to encourage us today, right? The Lord guides his sheep into paths of righteousness. Let us, let us follow him. Let us read the word. Let us study the word. Then we hear a sermon or a Bible study that's really, you know, be attentive and really, you know, want to know more. When I'm home and reading the word on my own, let me really cherish the word and really follow, follow him. So the shepherd knows his sheep, the shepherd provides for the sheep, the shepherd guides his sheep, but also the shepherd protects his sheep. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Beautiful words. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even though I go through the hardest, toughest times, I will have no fear, for you are with me. You know, I was, I was reading that often, you know, when a shepherd would guide the sheep, you know, from one green pasture to, to another pasture, right, or to extreme, they would have to go through these valleys of sorts, and sometimes there would be predators. Right, whether it be other people that were trying to hurt the sheep or steal the sheep, or whether there were animals, right, that were trying to hurt the sheep, that they would be there. And so it could be kind of scary. But the idea is that no matter what I go through, no matter whatever struggle I have, whatever valleys are coming, whatever shadow of death is coming, no matter what, even if death itself is coming, I will fear no evil. I will not fear. I will not have 
anxiety in a sense. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And, you know, I, I love that rod and staff. You know, I, I think the rod, I, I picture it as kind of a police baton, where it's a, maybe a smaller stick, and the staff is the longer stick. And I think the idea is the rod is what you use to fight off, right? Anything that's attacking the sheep, right? You, you beat that bear, right? You beat that wolf, right? You do, do what you got to do. But then the staff is what you use to kind of bring your sheep back, right? If the sheep is going the wrong way, you got to bring it back. And so there's a sense of protection that's from outside of the sheep, but also the sheep itself. It's kind of like, you know, I think it's kind of like being a parent, right? As a parent, what do you have to do? You have to protect your kids from the world, right? From the dangerous things that are out there. But then, just as much, you have to protect your kid from your kid. Right? You have to protect him or her from himself or herself. And so there's that sense where what is the shepherd doing? The shepherd is protecting the sheep from predators, right? From things outside that are going to come and try to attack the sheep, but also the shepherd is protecting the sheep from themselves, from getting lost and just bringing the sheep back. And so there's a sense where no matter what I go through, whether I caused it or whether it's the sin in this world, right, someone sinning against me, whether it's tragedies, whatever is happening, and no matter what, I don't have to fear. I don't have to be scared because I'm not alone. No, the Lord is with me and he is protecting me, no matter what, he is with me. I remember actually uh, reading the story, and it was encouraging to me. It was, um, I don't remember it 100%, you know, vividly, but the way I remember it is there's this Christian in Peru, and, you know, they're, they're on, in the Andes Mountains. He's in the Andes Mountains, and he's on the bus. And I've actually been to Peru, and I've actually been to the Andes Mountains. It's beautiful, right, just the scenery. But... What's scary is, I remember going on the, you know, in, in this bus, it's like a narrow road in, on the mountain, you know, and the bus driver's going pretty fast, but then there's like no guardrails. And so you get kind of scared, like, man, like, if you drive bad, like, you're going to just fall off this mountain and you feel like you're going to die. And you try not to think about that. You just try to think about the scenery, right? And I remember we were on this double-decker bus, and I was actually on the top, and so I got to really see the view, and it was just amazing. But this person shares about how he's, you know, in the, in, I think in Peru and in the mountains, and as he's on the bus, he actually starts getting scared because it's, the bus is going so fast, and he's thinking, man, what if, what if I fall off and die? And as he's feeling this anxiety, a thought comes to him. I'm not going to fall off this mountain if God doesn't want me to, right? So, like, if God says you're not going to fall off the mountain, no matter what happens, I'm not going to fall off this mountain. But then he has a second thought. He goes, but if I do fall off this mountain, I would only fall off because God allowed that to happen too. And so he said, it was weird. He went from anxiety to a sense of peace. And he felt like there were these invisible guardrails all over the mountain because he knew God was protecting him and there was no way he could fall off unless God willed it so. And hence, he was like, as long as God is with me, he's going to protect me, and I have nothing to worry about. And so literally at that moment, he went from anxiety to peace to comfort. 
the situation didn't change, right? He's still on a bus, still on this mountain. It still looks kind of dangerous, but his heart has changed. And I think that's what it is for us. We go through difficult situations. I may not know what those situations are, obviously. No one else may know but you. But your shepherd knows. The good shepherd knows. And he loves and he cares and he guides. He provides, but also he protects. And so no matter what I go through, I will fear no evil for you, Jesus. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so if you think about it, a Christian should be the boldest person on earth because we're invincible until God says, I'm going to take you home. And lastly, the shepherd is always with his sheep, right? So the shepherd knows his sheep. The shepherd provides for his sheep. The shepherd guides his sheep. The shepherd protects his sheep, but also the shepherd is with his sheep always. Look at verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's beautiful, right? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. There's nowhere that I can go. But God's goodness and mercy will not follow me. Everywhere I go, he's, he's going to follow me because God is with me. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is going to be with me every single day of my life. And then after my time on earth is done, I actually have another home to go to, to my father's house. I will be with him forever. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. You know, sometimes I, I look at my kids, and, you know, they're so young. You know, my kids, you know, my daughter you know, just recently turned four, you know, going like one and a half now. And sometimes, you know, when I, when I look at them, I get a little jealous, right? Because I'm like, man, you, you have nothing, you have no concerns, right? Whatever you want, it's provided, right? You know, I look at my son, and he wants food. He just kind of, like, asks for it. And here's the food, right? I want this, I want that. And, you know, and there's a sense where, you know, when you're a little kid, you just look at your parents and you go, feed me, right? <laughs> Change me, right? Play with me. Do this for me. And then your parents do it for you. And they provide everything for you. And I think sometimes a sheep, that's the thing. A sheep has a shepherd that provides everything. The shepherd leads you to the food, Provides the food for you, provides the drink for you, provides the rest for you, protects you from everything. Shepherd guides you, right? The shepherd spends time with you. I mean, whatever you need, the shepherd is there for you. And there's that sense where for all of us, because my shepherd is with me, right? Because our good shepherd is with us, all of everything that I need, he is going to provide. Obviously, I got to do my part, and I want to live for his glory, and I want to do my best. And, you know, everything is really for his glory, right? But I want to excel for him. But at the end of the day, I know he protects me. He provides for me. He guides me. He leads me. He is always with me. And we think of Jesus' words, right, in Matthew 28, as he sends off to the disciples into the world to do his will. He says, and surely I am with you always, right, to the end of the age. Jesus says he will never leave us. He will never forsake his sheep. And it's a beautiful thing. Just knowing every day, no matter what, 
I'm going through, no matter what the day will bring, that he is with me. But also, not only is he with me today, that he will always be with me. And one day, that when my time on earth is done, that he already has a home prepared for me. And I will spend eternity with him, worshiping him, being loved by him. It is truly a beautiful thing. I remember when I, you know, actually many years ago, I remember when uh, my, my, my oldest niece, right, she's in high school now, actually, but I remember when she was a kid, she was probably like maybe two years old, one, two, I forget exactly how old she was. I remember, you know, I wasn't, I didn't live near my sister's family, and so I didn't really get a chance to see her often, so she didn't know me very well. And I remember, like, always trying to, like, bribe her, trying to be that uncle that she loved. It took some time, right? But I remember one time I visited, and she wasn't close to me yet, and I remember she was climbing up the staircase, and, you know, her mom was doing something, and I, I saw her, and so I looked up, and I remember thinking, I don't think she really knows she's good at the staircase thing, so I just said, let me just watch. And I remember she went up the staircase, and then she stopped about two-thirds of the way up, and she froze. And it was obviously cute, because what happened was she was going up, she stopped, and she realized I had come too high. So she was too scared to keep going, and she was too scared to come back down. She just was frozen. So I wanted to be the good uncle, and so I walked up towards her and said, oh, here I am. And she just cried. And she said, pretty much, she didn't, she didn't know, I don't think she really knew how to talk, but she was like, leave me alone. She started crying. And so I was really hurt. I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm here for you. She's like, no, I don't want any part of you, right? And she's crying. And so then my sister hears her crying. She comes. She goes, what happened? I'm like, I didn't do anything, right? I didn't make her cry. I was just trying to help. And then as soon as mommy came, her face just completely changes, right? And she feels confidence to kind of come back down. Why? Because as long as mommy's with me, I'm going to be okay. If this dude is here with this guy, I don't know about you. I don't want any part of you. Right? I don't trust anything. I'm scared. But as long as my mom's with me, I feel okay. And she was willing to come back down. Right? She felt at peace. She felt secure. And here's the thing for all of us. No matter what I go through in life, no matter what life will bring, Here's what I know, that my good shepherd who loves me so much that he would even lay down his life for me, that he is with me. And he promises that he is going to provide everything that I need, that I would lack nothing. He promises that he loves me and he knows me. He promises that he will guide me and that he will protect me and that he will always be with me and that he will always work for my good, guiding me where I need to go. And when I know that shepherd, what can I do but give him glory? Right? When we know that shepherd, we want to worship him. Right? We want to trust him. And we want to live lives that truly honor him. So that's my hope, my encouragement today, that we would come to know our shepherd more and more each day and truly worship him, trust in him, follow him all the days of our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And we worship you for you are good. Father, as we think about Psalm 23, as we think about the good shepherd, help us, Lord, just to really be in awe of you. Help us to be just so blessed by you. And help us, Lord, as we know how known and loved and provided for how we are guided and led, as we know how we are protected and how you are always with us. Help us, Lord, to say, truly the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
and I want to live my life for you, for your name's sake. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.